You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 25, Lindsay Lythe Franza. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have Lindsay Lythe Franza. Lindsay is a pole dance athlete and champion based in Las Vegas, Nevada. On this episode, we talk about what it's like training as an athlete while also getting her master's degree, the romantic tale of how she met and eventually married fellow pole star Carlos Franza, and how she has used social media to not only gain recognition in the pole world, but also as a tool to hold herself accountable during training. As always, don't forget to check out Lindsay's post-podcast interview on the blog at poleparlor.com where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And also, I've heard from a number of people recently who are a bit confused about the format of the show, which made me realize that after 25 episodes, I never actually explained it. My bad. So, just so everyone knows, each episode is available as an audio interview on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. But then there's also a recorded video available on YouTube. So, you also have the option to pour yourself a glass of wine, as my girl Pole Bunny does down in Dallas, and watch us do the interview. And both versions are always available embedded in the podcast page of the Pole Parlor website, if this is all just a little confusing. So now that we hopefully have that cleared up, let's bring on Lindsay. What are you thinking about? Something you are. Hey, welcome, Lindsay Light Franza. Did I get that right? Yes, thanks for- <laughs> <laughs> to the pole parlor podcast. How are you today? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and for helping me and coaching me through how to correctly pronounce your name. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm grateful to you. I'm really this will be a lot of fun. Yeah. And for those who don't know and just see the letters on the wall behind her all the time, it's Lindsay Lythe Franza. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, tricky one. Yeah. Well now we know. Um, so how long have you been polling and how did you first discover pole dance? So I started pole dancing, um, <clears throat> sorry, over three years ago. Um, I, I was always athletic growing up and then I got into college and I just focused on my studies and everything like that. Um, and I was like, I really want to get back to that cause I have so much free time and I'm, you know, I don't really like just studying. So I was just driving down the street one day and I saw this huge sign for a pole studio opening and I was like, Oh my God, I've always wanted to do that. You know, thinking like everybody does that it's going to be a fun stripper class. Yeah. So I finally wrangled a girlfriend to go with me and I actually went to a different studio, which was the one I ended up working at and teaching at and, um, fell in love with different than the one of the sign I saw. But uh, yeah, so I started taking classes. I took one class, completely fell in love with it, um, got my own pole a week later. And oh, wow. yeah, so that's pretty much the, the story of how I, I discovered it. And where was this? Yeah, Boulder, Colorado, when I was in college. Yeah. Ah, okay. Undergrad. Undergrad. Okay, so yeah. you um, have only been pulling for a little over three years. 
Yes. That's in, that is insane because you are so good. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, but I'm also being very honest. So you, you, you have like, do you have a dance background? You have an athletic background? What's, what, what do you yeah. come off of? So when I was, I believe, age 5 to 12, that's kind of the range I can't even remember properly, but it's about then. I was in gymnastics, age 11. My mom put me in it. She really wanted me to be in the Olympics. Um, Yes, it was like a whole big thing. But I just kind of started to grow out of it a little bit. I didn't, um, I don't know, it just wasn't really clicking as much for me anymore by the age of 12, so I dropped out. And then I picked up all kinds of sports. It was like lacrosse, basketball, volleyball, field hockey, hockey. I know I'm missing some. There were so many. I just did basketball, soccer, everything. I don't know if I repeated myself, but pretty much any, any general sport you can think of. And I love them. I loved volleyball the most, but then they got too competitive. They were like, do you want to do this in high school and college? And I was like, I just enjoy this. Um, so then after that, I, I stopped doing that and I just got into music, but it didn't click for me because I don't have the patience. I just <laughs> didn't like it as much. You go, what, what were you doing in music? I tried playing the drums, which did not work. It was too much. And then I tried doing bass guitar, which I did a little while. But when I found out how easy it was to play the chords to Megadeth, I got really sad. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, why am I doing this? And it it was for a guy that I liked, I had a crush on. And then I was like, I don't even like this. So no, from like... I don't know, middle school to my second year of uh, my undergrad when I was like 19, 20. I didn't do anything before pole. Oh my goodness. So you're yeah. like just you're in your 20s right now. Yes, I'm 24. Okay, awesome. Um wow. So you obviously Well, did you gra- you graduated from undergrad? Yes. Okay. Um I got a bachelor's in sociology and a bachelor's in psychology from CU Boulder. Okay. But you are full-time pole dancer? I like to say that. I mean, <laughs> pole will always come first for me. I um, I wanted to do like the full-time thing, go tour, stuff like that. But then I realized how tricky it is and how difficult it is to coordinate things. And um, I went through four years of undergrad and I didn't like it. I don't like school. So I was like, I need to use that because I was miserable and I did it. I did well. So let's like put it to something. So I always wanted to be a therapist ever since I was 14 years old. So that was the plan. And then I was like, oh, maybe I could do pole for a while because I took a year off. And then I was like, maybe I could make this my job. But then I was like, no, I need to go back. I, I just want to get it out of the way. So um, I'm actually in school now. So I pull every day as much as I can. Um, I teach still. I compete. But it, as for like, that's all I do. No, I wish. Okay. So you're getting <laughs> yeah. your master's now or you're yes. getting like a therapy degree? Okay. Yeah, I'm getting my master's in social work from the University of Southern California. They have this online program where you like interact with your teacher on Skype and it's like this whole big thing. So yeah, I'll be done in May and then I have to do two years and then I get to get my licensed social work degree after that. Oh my goodness. Okay. So you're balancing. (laughs) Trying. Pole still comes first. (laughs) Hey, you know, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, like you are obviously very you know, accomplished. I, I, I take it you're in school, but you have to have an intense training program. Can you explain to us like what training is like? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, before Carlos, um, I trained a lot. I used to train, I mean, like after I got my pole, I used to do like seven hours a day. I would go to seven classes a week. Like I was just all about it. Um, it was, it was, it was the love of my life, you know? So, um, I used to just train constantly, try new tricks, try this and that, keep building up my strength. And then, um, it's just kind of like built on that. And then I started doing more performances. So it was more performances here and there, training tricks here and there. Um, but yeah, 
yeah, I just, I always like squeeze it in. Like if I had a work break for an hour, I'd like rush home and like quickly warm up and like do some tricks. Um, but then, you know, after Carlos, when I started doing more, it was like, it's a lot more like rigid now. Like I used to be like, okay, let's try this fun trick. And then this fun trick. And oh, why can't I get this? And I would spend like eight hours on the same thing, which I don't, don't recommend. Don't, don't, uh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You're, how do you know how to train yourself? You really, it speaks to how important it is if you get serious to like bring on a real trainer who knows what they're doing. Oh my God. Yeah. He's got a circus background. So like, doing, I mean, I, I was compared to him, like I was doing nothing. Like he was like, you're not really, you know, training that hard. And I was like, what are you talking about? I put in hours in and he's like, yeah, but like what's in it. So like, for instance, um, state competitions coming up, I will create the routine, work on the tricks like day, day, day and day out. Cause I, I've like, you know, every time I do, when I try to find a really hard trick that I want to master and I'll just focus on that while kind of filtering in the choreo. And then like, um, my last competition I was in, I had the choreo done and everything about a month before, and then every single day I'd run the routine, do a workout in between, run the routine, workout, run, workout, and then, um, I mean, that was, like, you only had one minute to, like, off, so it would be, like, warm up, run the routine, one minute off, warm up, run the routine, minute off, and in that minute off, you'd have to work out, so it oh was really, gosh. yeah, it felt like Olympic training. It was intense. I had to like watch what I eat and always sleep well and, and stuff. So that's like when I do competition training, when I don't have a specific competition training, I'll like stretch really well when I warm up and then I'll just pick a couple things I want to work on. And I almost always try to cool down with a combo cause it kind of forces you to, um, you know, cause it, like, say you bend a leg, well, you got to keep doing it. So like you're yeah. working out even though you're done. So it's like, you're pushing yourself even further. So that's kind of what I do, um, for training regularly. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Let's, since you brought up Carlos, let's, yeah. so for people who don't know, Lindsay is married to another pole dancer and this is like our first pole parlor podcast pole romance that we can talk <laughs> about. Um, and so um, Carlos Franza, for those who don't yeah. know him, why don't you tell us a little bit about him, how you guys <laughs> met? Okay, <laughs> absolutely. So um, how we met is actually really funny. It's, I don't know. I think it's like kind of like not too surprising, but everybody seems to be like, wow, that's like really crazy. Um, I, I was just sitting in class watching a poll video before class one day, like I always did. Yes, as we all yeah. do, we're at, at work or. Yeah. We're <laughs> exactly. And I saw this male pole dancer video and I was like, oh, I never really watched this. Like, I didn't know if it would really do much for me. And then I was like, let's check it out. And it was Evgeny's winning. Um, 2013 Finland routine. And I was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. And then I was like, okay, let's watch another one. And then it was Carlos's and my jaw just like, you know, and my friend in class was like, what? You know, close your mouth. What are you, you know, what are you looking at? And I was like, you don't even know what I'm looking at right now. So I was just like completely blown away when I saw that routine. I still think it's my favorite of his, but, um, yeah. And then I just found him on Facebook and Instagram and I followed him and I started liking his stuff. And then he sent me a message one day and was like, thanks for the support. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, cause you don't think they have time to look at your stuff. You don't think they care. It's like one of many. So I was like, Oh my God, like Carlos talking to me. Like when he liked my Instagram video, it was like, I was tripping out, you know, copied it and shared it to all my friends. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, that's how, um, we started interacting and then he kept asking me to Skype him and I was like, I was like really shy. I was like, no, I don't know. Like, you know, and he just kept asking and asking and I was like, how many times can I deny my idol? And this like really hot guy who wants to talk to me. So I was like, okay. So we started Skyping. I did not understand a word he said. A <laughs> yeah, word. Where I, is he from? <laughs> he's from Brazil. So he was 
He was living in Brazil at the time. He speaks Portuguese most fluently, then Spanish. He speaks English very well and a little bit of German, a little bit of Russian, I believe. That's right. But, um, but yeah, he was just so such a thick accent. I was like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? I don't understand what he's saying. But he just talked the whole time, so I just kind of was like, you know, um, he's, a big, he's a big talker. Um, but yeah, we just started Skyping like three hours every day, and then we started WhatsApp texting. And, and then I went and met him in Brazil in June of 2014, and I stayed with him for two weeks. And then we worked on getting him here and again, just Skype, 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 message, message, message. Oh my goodness. So yep. yeah, for those who don't know, look up, look up Carlos because he's such an amazing dancer. I've seen him dance, you know, live and um, obviously online as well. He is um, obviously very nice to look at. Nice work, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he definitely made out in the deal still, but he's, <laughs> you, you also did some good choosing right there, but he is like so incredible. What Like his style, I think is so unique for, especially for a man, like it's strong, but it's beautiful and he is ripped and strong as hell. So <laughs> I can see the benefits of having him, you know, as your partner, as a trainer as well. Absolutely. It was, it was a huge benefit for me because things I wanted to do, like, for instance, I was doing the Fonji um, before I met him. But then I met him and he's like, you're doing this all wrong. You know what I mean? So even though you're getting the trick, like the technique, um, are you like, oh, my God, like, I hope I don't kill myself every time you do it. Like, then you're doing it wrong, you know. So he just, you know, scooped away all of this stuff that I thought I knew. I actually wish I never trained before him just because I had to like relearn so many things. But yeah, he's incredible. He, he will literally just start by dancing and looking in the mirror and like looking how he's going to move his hand and his facial expression. It's really hard to train with him because he's so like, no, your hand needs to be here, not here. Like, oh, it's so frustrating. But he's, I mean, that's why he's like, you know, he really, really focuses on those things. That's why he's so beautiful to watch. He's got the details down in his histories in circus. Yes, he was doing circus. I mean, he started um, ballet and karate when he was really, really little. And then he went into, he started doing break dancing and then he found capoeira. Um, and then after that, he what went to the circus. It's, uh, I don't even know how to say it. It's like a Brazilian kind of dance fight kind okay. of thing where you okay. like, you know, move around and oh, kind of miss okay. each other. Yeah, so that's why you can do like the handstands and the kicks and all kinds of stuff. So it's really cool to look at. He's got some videos on his YouTube of it. But um, yeah, and then he did that and then he went to the circus forever. And and then he's just been doing pole and TV shows and circus and events and stuff everywhere. So that's his background. Wow. And so was it tough to get him? Because you guys were still dating when he moved over here, right? Yeah. Okay. And so I'm sure that's that was really difficult with the whole visa and everything, but... Yeah, well, we actually, um, I mean, we were dating for a month before then, but we, I mean, we had been talking for over a year and a half and we like really wanted to be together. And, um, you know, I'd asked around to a couple of people because like, for instance, Cleo the Hurricane, she lives in Australia and she came here on a fiance visa and married her honey. Um, so me and Carlos did that too, because we were going to do this one visa that a couple of pole dancers have done. It's like this new special visa, but it would have taken like... $10,000 and like over a year to put together and then it would only last three years and so we were like okay we want to be together so we actually came here on the fiance visa got married that's why it was so fast and oh, then okay. yeah and then that way he could stay in the country and we could be together um, as well and then you apply for the green card and everything after isn't that so cool that the community so like 
rad like that that you could just reach out to people and be like can you help me with my non-pole issue namely yes. like getting my lover into the country yes. That's, That's exactly right. So nice that you know you had people to go to. Yes, totally. And, and you guys got married right before Pole Expo last year, right? Yes. Yeah, like two days before. It was a very long weekend. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I could imagine. Well, I'm happy it all worked out for you guys. So is he like? Um, and this podcast is now about him, but now he's like you know not just your husband, but he's your trainer now. So what's that working relationship like? <laughs> Let's just say there was a learning curve. Um, so I've, I've always been a pretty take charge person. So to have somebody very particular, my way, this way, it was it was different. And especially I taught myself for two years before he came. So I was used to relying on myself and he's used to heavily spotting. So we'd get in a lot of fights over that. Um, so we kind of worked it out where we kind of met in the middle. Um, you know, he, he's more hard headed than me. Like I kind of realized, okay, if I have to have him help me Fonji train, I'll just listen to him, even if I disagree, and then I'll just, you know, do what I think. So, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's complicated. We, we, like I said, it gets very frustrating when we, um, train for routines together just because he really cares about that stuff. And I, I wish that I, you know, was better at the dance part and the, the little moments and stuff. So I'm working on it for sure. But to me, like, I don't enjoy that. You know what I mean? Like he loves it. He's like, he'll sit in front of the mirror and like dance and stuff. I just want to keep like seeing what tricks my body can do. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so we are, I mean, I do, I do put the time in and stuff, but for me, it's just a little more frustrating. So when he's like very perfectionist about it, I get kind of like, Oh my God, you know, but I'm grateful. Um, he's just, he really is the best teacher in the world. Like I will go to my grave saying that cause he really is. He has, the, the circus background, he understands body engagement, body awareness. Um, like if, even if you look back at my videos of me doing Fonji's and stuff, you can see how much more engaged I am now than then. And I didn't even know. Um, so I, I was just really grateful and, um, he, you know, he has really great techniques and stuff. And, uh, I mean, he doesn't have my flexibility. So sometimes <laughs> he, he can help me get into stuff, even if he can't do it, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good. We, we work it out. Yeah, it sounds like you bring out, you know, the best in each other or like what, you know, the strengths of each other. And like, I'm sure him watching you, he's learned to maybe like, you know, focus on other things as well and maybe not be so consumed with, you know, the maybe the minutia. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and exactly. I mean, there's so many tricks I want to do, too. So we kind of find a balance there. We're like, work on this and then we'll work on this. And that way I can kind of be like, oh, wait, I actually like training for competitions, you know? <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the day, you got to do what you want to do. You need to perform yes. and, you know, create routines at, in, in your own personal style. So. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's the hard thing, I think, trying to get tools from somebody else, especially someone with a very specific style like Carlos, and then try to make it into your own body. Like sometimes I'll take his stuff, sometimes I'll change it a little bit. But like sometimes when I do the things he shows me and then I look at him, I'm just like, man, like that is not look good on me. You know, I'm very long <laughs> yes. and I don't have his like his facial expression. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's part, you know, and that's part of being like in a married couple, too, is just like, all right, pick and choose. And yes. how do we work best together? And how do we learn to work through the areas that are maybe yes. like a bit, we're not so um, on the same page. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree. That's it. That compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Just making your, just making your marriage stronger in the end. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. And so, um, for those who are watching, um, you know, Lindsay is in their kind of training area 
And um, for those who are just listening, if you ever check out Lindsay's uh, social media, you know what I'm talking about. It has like the big letters in the background. So what is this? You guys are in Vegas now, right? Yes. Uh We moved here like a month ago. It's yeah, we're still I mean, everything's all unsettled, but like unpacked and everything. But um, yeah, it was just recent. Mm -hmm. Did you move for poll reasons or for... Yeah, it was for Carlos because he, um, you know, he loves teaching pole and he's really great at that. But he really wants to get like a consistent circus gig, something where he can like, you know, work in Vegas and then, you know, still travel around. So that was that was the goal. It was like, where in the United States would you find that? And it was like Vegas. So, yeah, yeah. And California is too expensive, even though I really want to live there. <laughs> Maybe one day, but I agree with yes. you a thousand percent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's sure. cool. So you guys, tr- this is your you're in your home, you're in your new apartment where we already confirmed there's no downstairs neighbors so you're not driving anyone nuts <laughs> yes. um but you guys train there you teach there also yeah mm-hmm. we'll teach private lessons here um you know if anyone wants little workshops we teach skype lessons in the studio the home studio too so like you and i are doing right now we would show tricks and you know kind of you know look and back and forth and, and stuff like that yeah, I've heard of people doing Skype lessons. Is, so how does that work? You kind of just set up your like tablet or your laptop so it faces the pole and then you kind of yeah. just talk back and forth? Yeah, exactly. So like, for instance, something that people usually come to me to, to learn um, is the Iron X, right? Because there's mm-hmm. a very specific technique to, to keeping that one going. So um, yeah, I'll have my computer like I do now and like they'll have their computer and then I'll say, okay, this is what I want you to do first. And I'll show them, you know, a little kick exercise and then I'll watch them do it. And then I'll tell them, you know, your shoulders not engaged properly, you're coming out, stuff like that. And so then they can focus on just that. And then you just keep working up. So I mean, when it comes to like spotting, some people are a little bit, I don't know if I want to do Skype lessons because I don't have a spotter, but Carlos is really great with the stretchy band, teaching you how to use it. I mean, a lot of people try to use it, but unless you have like him showing you what you need to do, it doesn't really work as well. Um, so he, he teaches the stretchy band for like fongies and stuff where he can't actually be there. And it works really well, actually. So I've seen you guys doing that online yeah. and I'm like, Oh, that's so fucking smart. Like, yes. so you kind of had, they use it for those who are maybe confused what we're talking about using like one of those resistance bands. Yes. Like in on the pole when you're working on certain tricks and it kind of helps spot you a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Like it kind of, cause you know, when people are trying to figure out what their body's doing in the fungi, there's so much going on. So if you have something that's kind of helping, you know, give you some weight and help you come up and not, you know, cause I mean, gravity's fighting us for everything. So if you have yeah. something kind of, kind of picking you up a little bit, you can kind of get the trick on your own until you, Oh, like I feel that in my body now. So I know what I need to do. So it's really cool. It works really well. Gotcha. So you do the Skype and then you have people just come over to your, your studio and you just, you don't do classes. You just do private. Yeah, just private lessons. Um, I wouldn't even know where to start studying classes, plus being in school and training myself. I wouldn't really have time. <laughs> That's true. Wow, I yeah. can't believe you're doing all that. Um, but you've been teaching for a while now, right? Yes, I started teaching seven months into pole dancing. Yeah, I started, that's when I got my little certification from my first studio where I was teaching level one and two and then just went from there. Cool. So do you have any advice for teachers out there or people who want to be teachers? Because that is something that's so um, specific. And so, you know, I feel like you've kind of gotten very successful at it. So what can you offer? (laughs) Yeah, well, I would say as a teacher, you really have to be 
you really have to be your best you. You have to keep trying. You have to keep learning and go to other teachers, people that you respect, people that you see doing safe technique, keep learning. And that way you can translate it to your students. Like I've always been really great when it comes to figuring out tricks by looking at them. I just find an Instagram video and then I've figured out. So not everybody, yeah, like not everybody (laughs) can do that. Right. So a lot of my students are like, wait, I don't understand where my leg goes. So once you can feel it in your own body and kind of work through it, and then you can translate it to somebody else. And then also realizing that even though you might explain it one way, you might need to, you know, if they're still not getting it, you really have to keep figuring, keep explaining it in different ways until they finally pick it up. Cause sometimes Carlos will say something to me And then I have to say something that doesn't really make sense, but it makes sense in my head. And then I can get it. You know what I mean? So even if you have the best teacher, but I say, keep learning and um, train yourself regularly and stay up to date on tricks. I mean, I, you know, people come to your class and they're like, I really want to do this. And like, to be like, it's fine being honest and be like, I actually don't know how to do that. Let's figure it out together. Or I'll show you next week after I kind of workshop it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, tricks just keep coming. So, you know, the more that you can do the better, but, uh, you know, I would also recommend taking a spotting class. Um, that's yes. something I've noticed a lot. Um, a lot of people don't really know how to spot. It really comes pretty much all from the hips, right? The hips are really what's weighing you down no matter what you're doing or anything like that. So if you ever see a spotting class or workshop or like say you see Carlos or Phoenix Casri, like two people that I really think are great spotters and you want to take a private with them, ask them, you know, how would I spot if I did this? And then she can demonstrate or whatever. Um, so yeah, I would say those things. And, and you know, if you think that you're a great teacher, then go for it. Um, it's a great way to push you to be better. I mean, if I just didn't teach, I probably wouldn't have learned a lot of the things I did learn. You know what I mean? And um, it actually pushed me to be better, 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 better. Cause everybody wanted to learn different things and figuring out people's different body parts. Cause you know, even if you're not a teacher, people might ask you to do something. Well, one girl might have really long legs and somebody else might not. So you kind of have to, I don't know, it kind of helps you learn yourself by seeing so many other people do it and you can kind of be off the pole seeing what's going on. So it makes you better pole dancer as well. So yeah. No, that completely <laughs> makes sense to me. Yeah. Do you have any, like, I know that you, you know, you have your trainer, you have Carlos, but do you have any other resources and how you stay up to date on uh, tricks or learning things? Yeah. Well, actually, um, when I first started pole dancing, that's the reason I got my Instagram was because I wanted, I learned tricks and then I wanted to do them and like archive them. Like, Oh, I've done this and I can keep touching back on that while I'm learning here and there. And then, um, so Instagram's always kind of been my, like the trick central. Um, I used to just copy tricks and like figure out how to do them and stuff. So whenever my students bring me something, I say, bring a video so I can look at it. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good at looking at and seeing what's going on. Um, so Instagram is also like a really great way to keep up on it. However, I kind of have, you know, that was pretty much my thing for a while, but I'm trying to focus on finally mastering a lot of things I've been neglecting. So I'm trying not to look at Instagram too much and try to do everything under the sun. You know what I mean? Especially when I'm competition training. Cause you know, I use a lot of time and energy after training, trying to get a certain trick. Sometimes I might like overdo it. Like I just did the satellite and it is so hard on your back. And, um, so that's kind of, that's kind of hard to, to balance you know, keeping up to date on all these tricks. Yeah. What are you actually flexible for? What, what's your, you know, what's your ability level? A lot of people try to do stuff that they, they aren't flexible for, but you don't really know that sometimes until you try it. Yeah. Because you uh, watch these people <laughs> online. Like if you're watching like the Russians or something and they make it look so easy and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm definitely going to do that in, you know, my next class or my next training session. And yes. then you're like, Oh no, they just made yes. it look easy. That is damn near impossible. Totally. I didn't realize how much 
back flexibility or shoulder flexibility you need to have for it. Exactly. And I do that too. I'm like, no, like I can eagle. I can do that. And I'm like, oh my God, no, I can't. Like, (laughs) you know, so it's good to kind of see where you go, but don't push it. And um, yeah, again, Instagram is just a really great source. I like how everyone's doing the hashtag PD thing. Yeah. Cause then you can actually like look stuff up now. Sometimes we still use different verbiage for things. So it's kind of tricky to find what you want, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Cause it's, I'm glad you brought up social media. Um, because you, I feel like you have um, a lot, you have, I don't feel like it. I know you have a lot of, that was a really weird way of setting that up. Yeah, I, I know that you have um, a lot of followers and I feel like social media has really helped you become successful yeah. in, in poll. And like, do you agree with that or what was that your intention? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I actually had this friend and I kept posting my, my progress on Facebook and she kind of was like, you shouldn't do that because it kind of, you know, people might get the wrong idea from you. And then I was like, I'm not trying to be cocky. And, and then I was like, okay, so I'll post on Instagram. So I got an Instagram and I started sharing there. So that's why I did it. And it would, like I said, it was an archive. It was a way to like, okay, this is a cool trick and I don't want to forget it. Let's video it. So I remember how to get into it. And then after that, like I started using hashtags. I didn't even know what the worth of them was. And then people started messaging and commenting and liking and Hey, try this and try this poll challenge. And, and Hey, can you do one of these for me? And like, it just like blew up and I started getting friends and I started copying more people. And then it just became this huge, huge thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it pretty much, you know, kind of scooped me up from being just some random pole dancer pulling out of her house in Colorado to, you know, like what's going on this week. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't even know that where to, what to say about that. That's kind of what social media did for me. It really didn't start off like, Oh, let's get a bajillion followers. I never even thought about it. It was just like, um, you know, I was doing it for me. And then I saw that people were actually like, wow, like you're inspiring me to do more work. Like you, you see you training every day. And I was like, Oh, wow. Like, you know, that makes me happy. Like if I can make somebody else want to do it, cause I know how good it makes me feel. And then, um, and then now it's like, it's not really expected, but like, you know, you become irrelevant if you kind of disappear for a while. So you kind of have to continue to do what you do. Plus it, it just always makes me train harder. Like I said, I'll train a bunch and then I'm like, Oh, I want to make an Instagram video. Let's push myself even harder. So I'll train longer. Um, so it's good. It, it's always pushed me to be better. Cause like, for instance, I used to have terrible, terrible lines. Everybody does when they start, you know, yes. like unless you're a ballerina and know what they mean. So I would watch my videos and be like, no, that's not good enough to share. I microbend it at one spot. And so, you know, I just keep doing it and doing it. And that's how I got my lines to be so much better is because I was like so particular about what I posted. Sometimes I get like, okay, you know, that's good enough. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you don't, um, do, you, do you have a strategy or something like a certain amount you try to post per day or is it really just organic, yes. whatever you're feeling? Okay. Yes, absolutely. So um, I don't know, just from what I've come to learn from myself from social media, I would say three posts a day is max, unless you have something severe to say, which is unlikely, (laughs) you know, three times a day is max and never try to post back to back. Like you're missing so many people. Like the more you can spread it out, you're going to hit people in different time zones, people who finally can check their work, their phone after work that day. So I usually try to post, you know, um, now they have that little insights thing on Instagram where it kind of tells you. So it's very clever, but, um, yeah, try to find your time zone people. Like for instance, I have, I always thought it was out of, out of the country that people were more interested in me, but I don't know if the little insights thing showed me it was 
like for New York, which I thought was interesting. So I try not to post at midnight because then it's 3 a.m. there. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to think about who's your audience and what you're posting for if you're interested in people seeing what you're doing. Yes, which a lot Uh, of people are, you know, a lot of people (laughs) are trying to like get themselves out there. So Absolutely. And I would say, um, you know, keep posting and, and, and push yourself, like make the video better. So you do one and then try it one more time at least and try to make it cleaner and nicer, stronger, better. Right. And then that's, what's going to make people, you know, continue to watch you and it's going to push you to be better. So, cause like I said, I would be so exhausted and, but I'd be like, no, I got to, I'm, you know, I've done this so many times I have to fix that leg. And it just made me a lot better. And then it made me look more professional because I was focusing on cleaning my lines and stuff. So yeah, it, it's a great teacher, honestly. I've never heard anyone put it that way of like how that is, it's like a training tool almost. It's holding you accountable where like, you know, especially if you're, you know, a lot of people home pull or a lot of, you know, people train, you know, without anyone else there. So it's like, it's easy just to be like, okay, I'm done. But then to be like, if you're posting it, oh, that shit better look good. And so you kind of force, it's like, it is like a, like a a trainer. You don't have to pay to be there. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I tell all my students, video, 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 video. Like, you have to watch what you're doing. Like, if you don't, how are you going to, especially when, like, even on Skype lessons, I make them film it while I'm on Skype with them so I can see, look at what your leg did there. Like, can you see what's going on? And, like, you know, of course, I'll demonstrate and kind of show them too, but... But yeah, it's, it's so valuable. Like when I go like to studios and stuff and people really are like trying really hard at a trick, but they're not filming it. I'm like, well, don't you want to see what you're doing wrong? So again, not, not everybody is a visual of a learner. Um, but I still think like sometimes, you know, people don't notice when they're micro bedding in a certain spot because they're doing a really hard trick. So it's, it's very valuable to film yourself. And, um, like I said, I mean, at the level that I've become now, it, it would not be acceptable for me to post a video with me flexing my feet. You know what I mean? People would be like, what? You know, like, why am I following this person? If You know what I mean? It's, you know. Yes. And at all levels, though, even if you're not, you know, doing tricks, I think I find it really helpful when, and I, I don't like recording myself. I never remember to. <laughs> okay. But then when I do, you know, if I'm dancing, I'm like, well, I did, thought that that was really yes. bad, but I'm, ma- I'm exactly. making this weird shape with my body. <laughs> and then you can fix it so quickly just seeing it. And then every time I'm like, why don't I record more? Because I learn so much more quickly that like what I think I'm doing is is not what the hell I'm doing. Exactly. <laughs> or, That's how I feel too. Yeah. Or something you're doing, you don't even realize you do it. And you're like, oh, that looks good. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, so, like one, the other day I like did this cool like thing with my hand and I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I would have known that if I didn't film it. And like, even with dance stuff, like I only film tricks really. And then like, I'm trying to work on this choreo now. And I was like, why haven't I filmed this yet? And I filmed it and I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know what I need to work on now. And cause, cause then I watch my videos and competition. I'm like, oh, why'd I do that? You know what I mean? I film my, my routines, but if I had focused on the floor work even more, it would make a big difference. It is. Yeah. For all of us who are trying to grow, it's definitely imperative and you don't have to share it on social media if you don't want to. <laughs> it's just a great tool I mean and and yeah like say you're like kind of being lazy like oh I should probably pull today it's like I want to make an Instagram video today yeah we'll get you training yeah (laughs) that's cool and I think because you know you've gained so many followers it had to that's probably how you've gotten not just you know into competitions because you can do that on your own but into these performances that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise been asked to perform at and getting clients totally absolutely I get 
I get messages all the time and, you know, like, how do we do this trick and stuff? Because people, you know, they trust that you're going to do that. I've gotten gigs, people saying like, you know, I will fly you out to go dance for three minutes on this, you know, X stage. And, and so, so it's really cool. I've gotten a lot of opportunities. I mean, I get a lot of free clothes from people that are just like, hey, like, will you post yourself in this? I'm like, heck yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it, you know, obviously, like, if I tr- believe in the company and stuff like that, but it's nice. Um, it, it has made a huge difference. And it's, you know, it's really how I met Carlos. It's how I mess, uh, met my best friend Julian too he like was like oh you're in Colorado and he like came and took a class with me and we were like instantly best friends so Instagram has done a lot for me I love Instagram <laughs> wow got got you clients it got you gigs it got you friends it got you yes. husband yes <laughs> I know I should like marry Instagram I don't know yeah big shout out uh, <laughs> so you do uh, what do you like performing do you prefer competing is kind of teaching what you prefer <laughs> most where, where do you think oh that's a hard one I mean if I'm being very blunt I hate competitions I okay. do like they are so hard to train for it's so much pressure and like I told you that exercise routine I have to do where I have to you know run a routine do a workout one minute off run the routine like it's oh it's not fun it's not fun and it makes me kind of hate pole because it's like it's not like hey I want to try this cool trick you have to really focus on all the little things every single time. Like it's, it's a lot of work. Um, so, but, but I don't know, I've I've always been a competitive person. I was in gymnastics, I was in sports and it just makes me push to be better. I do like being on stage. I love having the video and I always meet really awesome people, uh, when I go compete and it's just, um, you know, it's always been my dream to, you know, be on the IPSF stage or, you know, IPC or something like that. And that's how you kind of get there too. And it, um, it also kind of helps people get to know you, um, and your style and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I do like performing too. Um, I almost get a little bit lazy when I get to perform because I mostly just freestyle. I'm like, I don't have to. Can you do that? That's such a talent in and of itself. Yeah. Well, Instagram, like I, I used to just do a trick and then it was like, okay, let's freestyle at the end of this. And then I, just, I got a lot better dancing because I would just freestyle with the Instagram video and then I would just keep doing it until it didn't look ugly. Um, so yeah, I can freestyle. I, for most events, I usually just freestyle for like a couple of minutes. Um, wow. You kind of, yeah, you kind of learn tricks on how to, you know, make it easier and not as difficult on yourself, but still make it really beautiful and worth presentation and stuff. And, um, but, but yeah, what, what it was competing in, and was it teaching, competing, teaching, and performing? Yeah, I just like performing non-competitively. Yeah, that's I really do enjoy that. It's difficult for me to feel the motivation after competing to really put a piece together, but it's also really nice too because then I don't feel as obligated to do a million strong tricks and this and that. So it actually kind of pushes me in some ways to go really slow or something like that without feeling the need to compact all this stuff. Um, but I love teaching. I I always have. I mean you know, I, I can't even, there's, there's like one person that I was like, you know, this is like difficult to, you know, to teach you, but everybody else, like I've just fallen in love with, like, they just want to learn. Like if you come to me, you want to learn, like, yeah. you know, cause even in my class, I taught it in Boulder, like not everybody went, they were like this girl <laughs> and I'm not like too intense or mean. I'm just like, you know, if you're going to do the trick, you have to do it safely and correctly. Cause I can't let you in my class if you're going to be doing this stuff and properly. And, and I always do strength training too, cause you can't progress unless you you keep strength training. So, you know, um, but I always have great people. The pole world is just a beautiful, beautiful group of people. I know. I totally agree with that. And like, there's someone for everyone. Like you are the ideal ideal teacher for someone, you know, other people are ideal teachers for other, you know, other intentions. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I can teach basic level stuff, but 
people that come to me usually want to, you know, how do I find you? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would kind of be like a waste of your talents. Or maybe you can get people set up doing things correctly right from the get go, which is like, I'm sure you probably find that you have people coming to you that can do these like advanced level tricks, but are like inverting improperly. Yes, that's exactly right. At my workshops, they always start with teaching people how to actually shoulder mount properly and actually inverting like so it's lighter and you're not doing micro bends because a lot of people learn shoulder mounts by watching or whatever or you know teachers that just kind of taught themselves or this or that but when you actually like understand what your body's doing and how to make it lighter it's unbelievable how much cleaner and better and lighter and less energy you're expending so even if I have like a really advanced people, like I will be like, let's see your shoulder mount, you know? And they're like, nope. You know what I mean? Cause I want them. Yeah. Cause I want them to do it properly. Like for instance, I was shoulder mounting. It was my favorite trick. And then I would try to do it with straight legs in the air and it was like always micro bends. And I was so frustrated. And then Carlos showed me this way to do it. And I never again, never have a micro bend again. Like obviously it took me strength to, to build up a shoulder yes. mount and straight legs. But, but seriously, like when you learn technique, things become so much lighter. Like I said, the Fonji, a lot of people are like, God, like, I don't want to die. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if you know how to do it, like, I don't even think about Fonji's anymore. They're like before a competition. I'm like, that's not, you know, Oh God, I hope it don't, don't mess that up. Like, I don't worry about it. So having proper technique is so, so important. So, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a point that if, you know, you're going to start investing effort into competing or to try to take it to the next level. And it's also worth investing in maybe like a trainer that can help you clean up and, um, like understand certain, certain movement. Absolutely. Somebody who knows how to spot somebody who can express which body parts are moving at what time and and stuff like that is, I mean, that's why I say keep finding teachers because sometime you're going to find one and be like, dang. Like, like I said, I thought I was an awesome teacher. And then I met Carlos and I was like, man, like I, I am like 50 times a better teacher now. Like I have so much more body awareness and stuff. So it's, it's when you find somebody who really knows what they're talking about, go to it. Yeah. And it's nice that you don't have to be in the same city. That's, you know, with these Skype things now. So you can kind of, you know, trade with whoever you want to, if they're open to doing it. Exactly. I love that. It really does make a difference. I, I know a lot of people that have um, done competitions and stuff with just training with me and Carlos on Skype and they have just destroyed it, made huge progress. You know what I mean? Just like, like I said, even just doing a shoulder mount properly or this or that, you can really make a difference. Yeah, that's cool. And I think, you know, probably your desire to always be a therapist, you know, that goes hand in hand with teaching, you know, that it's kind of working like in a one-on-one or, you know, small group setting and, you know, yeah. helping people progress in one way or another. So that Absolutely. makes sense that those are your two passions. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, um, you know, really how you approach an individual about their stuff, like some people really need to be pushed. Like some people are like, I want to compete. And then they don't really push themselves. They're like, do you really want to compete? Because I, I tell them, I'm like, are, do you, what are your goals? I ask them first when they become my students. And then I will tell them why I am going to push them more. But if, you know, they just want to kind of learn some more tricks and keep putting their toolbox fuller, then, you know, it might not be as hard on them. Um, so, yeah. That makes sense. And so what is like moving forward, but like where, what's your trajectory? Where are you hoping to go with everything? You're still competing. You're still like, is there something you're focusing on moving forward as you make it through your academic program too? Yeah. Um, I, I'm just trying to, um, I have a competition coming up. I'm going to do the Southwest pole, um, competition. I've never done a PSO before. I've been told multiple times do PPC and stuff like that. So I never have. So that'll be interesting. Um, I was focusing on the PCS pool championship series because I wanted to do the Arnold's, um, 
competition. So maybe that's still going to happen. I so see, um, yes, I think you definitely will get there. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> You're so cute. I would love to, um, cause you know, that's kind of my comp. Um, yeah. yeah, more strong tricks, stuff like that. But, um, ultimate goals, I would really love to perform more internet or compete internationally. Like I said, IPSF, I, I mean, you know, I don't know how I feel about like the particular angles that they judge you on and stuff, but like Rafaela Montanaro, she's in my favorite pole dancers. Um, and she just destroys it. And she's just a beautiful, strong woman. I would love to compete like that where tricks matter. Cause I've been in a few competitions now where like my tricks will be a lot more advanced and very difficult, but somebody else had like a better character or a better dance. And like, that's what they're looking for. You know what I mean? So, um, I think I would kind of prefer a more international comp too, um, so that they can kind of, you know, it's, it's more at that level for, for, you know, um, tricks and stuff, but, um, IPSF and IPC and just international competitions and judging and touring and stuff like that. That's what I'm looking forward to. Cool. Yeah. You definitely have a lot of time ahead of you. And so, yeah, you're interested in those competitions that are like real deal, no joke. Like you definitely subscribe to the more athletic side (laughs) of, of pole, which is cool. It's so, it's so, amazing to watch it really is because you do it so beautifully it's you know it's not like watching someone lift weights or something like it's still dance so yeah and don't get me wrong I wish I never had a dance background I wish that I did I I don't hear music the same way as a lot of people and I can't you know my movements I'm working on it now I'm taking dance classes yeah it's hard (laughs) yeah it's hard though um I do wish I had that ability so don't get me wrong when people have like beautiful beautiful dances and and and, you know I'm just like oh you know I wish I could like uh, you know get that expression out but I just love doing tricks so that's kind of where I gravitate no matter what (laughs) yeah and that's I feel like the message that we keep saying on this podcast is like we all have the things that we love we have to follow that aspect of pull but it does not and just because you are subscribed to athletic doesn't mean that you don't appreciate or, you know, enjoy the more sensual aspect or the more, you know, dramatic or entertainment values that people contribute to pull. So exactly. I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump on to the second part, the questions that I ask everyone. Okay. Okay. So first question is who is your pull crush? (laughs) <laughs> that's really hard. I was looking at that question. And I was like, so I'm going to list a few. That's okay. That's completely um, okay. Carlos, of Duh, course. Yeah. Um, my best friend, Julian, I love watching him move. I'm just like, how do you dance like that? Like in the air, like he's just so beautiful and slow and takes every moment, you know? What's so, his last name? What does he go by? So if people want to look Ju- him up. Yes, it's uh, Julian Miguel, Julian with an E, and he's on Instagram as that. Julian so Miguel, okay. Yeah, cool. and then as for women, uh, Phoenix Casri, definitely. Yeah. She is the ultimate of all worlds. She's got dance, she's got style, floor work, um, combos, her strength. Man, like I was just watching, my favorite one of hers is Polar Italy. She was nonstop like this trick that took me like a month to train. She like pulls that at the end of the whole, like she's just unbelievable. She was a gymnast, ex gymnast teacher. And every time I take a, like a private lesson with her, she's always like, okay, what's next? What's next? Like, she's always like, you know, go, go, go. Like she's awesome. Um, I have a huge crush on Anna She's got perfect lines, super, super strong. Um, she's, she's like one of my ultimates. She's like, if I, you know, kind of what I hope to look like, um, Hanka Von Solar has always been one of my favorites too. She's just such a, such a badass. Like she's always doing really cool, hard stuff and she's got great lines. Um, 
Yeah, there's just so many, but I think those are some of my favorites. Solid. (laughs) Cool. And then, so um, how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years? That's a hard question, too. Um, I don't know. I'm a little cautious about this whole um, Olympic thing. I love the IPSF idea because it's an opportunity for pole dancers who want to go there to do that. What is that? Uh, What is the idea? Oh, yeah. So I believe it's IPSF, International Pole Sports Federation. It's the one in London. Uh-huh. So it's 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 the more gymnastics one where they have people that are actually trained judges. Uh-huh. And there's like, like, they have a whole book of like tricks to do and what points that you get for them. And like, if you're doing like a human flag, like what angle is your legs at and stuff like that. So it's very, it's rigorous. It's like Olympics, which is what they want. You know, they want to make, you know, pull into the Olympics. So that's kind of like the start of it. So it's, it's there's some dance, but it's very, heavily trick space strength based um stuff like that so it kind of it doesn't really allow you to you know you can't booty shake you can't do stuff like that um but you can you know it, it's it's it, it's intense you can't just like do whatever trick you want like you kind of have to follow what tricks are available to you or um put in new ones and um kind of offer them up to say hey can i do this and then they might have to give it a point system for that so it's like i said it's rigorous they have standardizing yeah. everything yes okay. exactly so i think that's great for people that want to do it like i would love to go and like push myself because i think of all the competitions that would be the hardest to like that's ultimate goal like Rafaela montanar is amazing because she just beat the world record this year for that um so I think that would be great to see if I could push myself to that level. But um, I don't know. I mean, I hope that there's more competitions, more studios. I really hope that, um, like in Brazil, a lot of people have studios and live off of it. Like, studios are, <laughs> you know, studios are booming there. And pole dance is on TV a lot more often. Like, Carlos is on TV a ton. But, like, here, studios are closing all the time. So I really hope that, um, you know, people can, we can figure out, I don't even know what they're doing in Brazil to make it work. But I, I just hope that we can get, you know, more people coming into these studios so it does stay a vibrant business. Because so many beautiful pole studio owners start these studios with all this passion and then have to close down. So I really hope that you know, we get more awareness in the communities and stuff. Like, you know, if I say I'm a pole dancer, I don't have to be like, I'm a pole athlete. You know, yeah. I, I compete, you know, every time or like, you know, just kind of, I don't really hide it. Um, I usually kind of let people wonder or go look it up, but, um, I, I would like to, it to be a little bit more mainstream, but that's, those are just kind of my thoughts. Yeah, I think that's how it has to happen. It has to be more mainstream in order to get the more respect, to get people to be willing to to pay for it. And so is it way more in in Brazil? Is it just way more accepted? And is there less of a stigma attached to it in Brazil? I mean, Brazil is such a sexy country anyway. So I'm sure (laughs) they're like, (laughs) not bothered, like, oh, like that pole over there. That's so offensive. What's, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, you'd have to ask Carlos a little bit more because I've been trying to get at the root of this because his studio owner like she was always making money and she had you know you know a great student student influx and it is it's just more accepted I don't know I think they've been doing it longer their levels higher like their competitions are a lot better you know bigger than ours like the huge the tricks that I'm training really hard at like that's like baseline level like they're very very advanced um so it's just more accepted I think it's been around longer it is more accepting of a country I guess they put it on tv a lot and that kind of you know kind of makes it you know, you walking down the street too, and there's studio, studio, studio. Like our studios are kind of more like in the back corners and stuff like that. Um, but n- not necessarily because people are trying to hide or anything. But I just feel like in Brazil, like they're every block, like there's a studio everywhere, and it's just kind of a, a workout that people accept. So it's, I think it's just going to keep taking time for it to come out here. But I see more and more celebrities doing pole dancing, like Lady Gaga and Britney Spears and stuff. So it's making its way. 
Yeah, that's interesting. So Brazil is kind of like a a case study there, which, you know, Mm -hmm. what's happening there, what's going on in society there that's making, you know, well, that's proof, you know, proof's in the pudding if, you know, it's more visible there and people are now able to like, you know, make a living off of it. Like that's something we need to conquer here. So exactly, exactly. Carlos kind of talks about how like they use more class packages there than drop in classes. And I think that's what's part part of it. But so it might just be the way that people are doing financials, but mainstream, mainstream stuff for sure. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. So it's, you know, it's inevitable. Yes. Um, so what do you have coming up that you can share with our audience? First of all, you know, what's, what's your Instagram? Do you have a website and like, what do you have coming up that people can look for you to do? Oh, sure. I've actually been wanting to get a website together because I would like to put videos up there and stuff like that. Um, I don't because... know if people go to websites anymore. I'm going to keep it real yeah. with you. So yeah, I don't I like hear that. feel obliged, but I don't want yeah. to talk you out of it either. No, 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 no. I mean, obviously I haven't done it. It's been like over three years now, but just to, just to put up some videos and stuff because I know people want to like do the iron X and stuff properly, but um, no, I don't have one. I just have my Facebook. Um, so I have, a, I have an athlete page. You can just look up Lindsay Live, Lindsay with an A, and my Instagram is also at Lindsay Live, same with my Twitter. Um, and let's see, uh, stuff that's coming up. I Like I said, I'm going to do the Southwest Pole Competition, the professional division this September. Um, I'm going to be teaching the weekend at Pole Expo at a studio in town called Pole Cats. They're having um, workshops that weekend there for people who either can't afford or don't want to go to Expo for whatever reason. So I'm going to be giving workshops at Polecats on the 11th of September. And then after that, I think I'm just going to spend the whole winter training and training and training so I can do more competitions um, later on, you know, next year come out with a bang. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, do you ever, have you like, I mean, and I'm knocking on wood, but you haven't really suffered any major injuries or anything. I mean, major, depending on what you're talking about, like, like Amanda Rose, when she fell off the pole and completely shattered her legs, like nothing like that. Okay. But I have had quite a few injuries. Um, like I said, being self-taught and like in the beginning when I got my own pole and I was training seven hours a day, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really have that much strength. Um, so I would like kind of, my ribs used to come out of my back a lot. And, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, well just because like, um, you know, doing twisted grip handsprings and not having a lot of muscle development and then just like, I was learning hands, I learned handspring wrong from a YouTube video. So I'm telling you guys, don't, go to YouTube for your classes. Okay. Like, trust me, don't YouTube your classes. Um, so, so yeah, doing the, the handspring, I kind of like, you know, I would twist my ribs out and then after a while I got my body worker to kind of work with me and then we built up my back strength and I learned to do handsprings properly when I was stronger. So that was kind of how it started. And then I used to just destroy my wrists, just overtraining, not strengthening my wrists. You know, like I use the weight now and like do um, exercise for my wrists. I always stretch my wrists out. I do hand warm ups and stuff before I train. And then shoulder injuries. One time I fell off a pole um, at a photo shoot. We thought it would be really cool to put water on the pole. Dumbest idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. And I was upside down and I fell and I popped my shoulder blade out. And I was lucky enough my body worker popped it back in. Um, so stuff like that. And then before my first competition, I, I did a ton, ton, ton of deadlifting the day before. And then um, the next morning, I wanted to do some pull-ups before work. Was not warm. Went up. I like did a couple and I shredded my, my shoulders. So I was out for like a month and I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to compete. But I, I healed and I was able to compete and stuff. But um, never ever touch a pole without being warm. I swear the other day, Carlos tried to show me this trick and I, I warmed up earlier for pole. But then I went to go do this trick. All I did was grab it like an invert and I hurt my shoulder for like a week. Like 
you know, always warm up. Yeah. Like even at a party, if you see a pole, just keep walking. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can do like a little fireman maybe, but (laughs) don't be showing off your handspring or something. Exactly. Exactly. So I've been lucky. I've got a lot of injuries that have kept me out here and there, but nothing too bad. I did injure both of my hamstrings, but you know, obviously I kept pushing. So I'm still working on kind of healing those. Those are the worst to get back. Wow. Yeah. And you know, you said you work with like a, a, a body person. So you have like, that's, maybe something that is worth investing in and once you start training at that level to having like a body totally. worker to totally if you're going to put the time in to train like you need to invest in yourself like I am living on student loans right now but I still make it time to see my um, my masseuse even my body workers in Colorado and I miss her so much I called her my, my fairy godmother she was always putting me back together like Humpty Dumpty like I said she pulled my bone back in when I shredded my shoulders she healed me I used to have horrible wrist problems so um, I did acupuncture with her and she did body work so she you knows she'd help she like chiropractic almost she'd help put yeah. the bones back and um, and she did cutting so I recommend like at the very minimum, get a masseuse. Um, if you have rib injuries though, like if your ribs are coming out your back, I don't recommend a chiropractor that's just going to push them back in unless they're working with the muscles because he would just push them back in and then they would pop out and all the cartilage got really loose around it. So they just kept popping out. So yeah. So make sure you have a good chiropractor. Don't go to the joint where it's like $40 and they just pop you in. You know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. that's what I did. And they just like put me back together and it didn't work. So find a good masseuse. Um, sometimes you can do pole trades and stuff, but it's so, so imperative. Cause like I'll hurt myself before competition. Cause I've just been training so hard and like, I don't want to pay for a massage and then I get injured. Mm-hmm. Super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, um, before I let you go, can you leave us with an empowering message or quote or anything just to sign off with? Sure. Okay. Um, I was kind of thinking about this too. I, I have a million little phrases that I tell myself every day. Okay. One of my favorite ones was in Million Dollar Baby. It was in the background of the her boxing gym. You know, she was staying up all, all night boxing and it said, winners are willing to do what losers won't. And it doesn't mean, you know, like winning a competition, but like, you know, people are like, I want my iron X. Well, you had to train it, you know, you, you got to work at it. You got to work at it. You know, people say, you know, I can't wait to be at your level. That's awesome. Like, you know, keep pushing, keep trying. A lot of people get really defeated when they see like an Eagle. They're like, man, I'll never get there. Well, you know, how long did it take that person to get there? You know what I mean? So the best thing I would say is, you know, you hear it all the time, but don't, don't compare, use, use it as motivation. I think that's something we do too, is we get jealous and envious because we're comparing ourselves, but use that as motivation. And, you know, some people just, some things you can't change. Like some people have long legs and some people have short legs and that's just how it is. But, um, you know, there's nothing that you don't, you know, you can't do other than that unless, you know, you have some severe injury. So as long as you keep pushing and just believing in yourself and support yourself by positive friends and don't expect that you have a timeline you need to be on. A lot of people are like, you know, you've been doing this for three years and I've been doing it for five and I don't have my Janeiro yet. Well, you know, everybody in their own time. Some people don't have time to train as much every week. Some people have work. Some people have kids. Some people don't have their own pole in their home. That's okay. You know, do the best that you can. And if you really want to progress, I say find a really great teacher that can, can show you some great technique. And, um, you know, you really have to pull more than once a week if you want to keep your strength up and, and, you know, you can totally do whatever it is that you want. So, um, you know, stay up later, make a longer Instagram video, you know, <laughs> find, you know, find something that you like and you're idle, like, Oh, I really like her a lot. And so I'm going to work on this time, you know, that this time, or I'm going to spend today on, flexibility, um, and just fit it in. Like if you need to put something, if you're like, man, I really want to work on my splits, but I feel like I never have time, put it in your warm up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and, uh, and never ever pull without being warm. And, um, you know, if you, if your body's telling you to rest, listen, cause there's a reason for it, you know? Um, but I am just, I just think that everybody's capable of doing stuff. It's so amazing to see people progress. And, and I just, you know, it, it, I love, I love it. Like if you even look, go, go look at my old videos from like a year ago. They're horrible. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? mean so. I wouldn't go that far. They're just not oh, maybe as good as they are today, but, yeah, but you know I mean, and we're, we're all our own worst critics yeah. and that's okay. We all are. So, um, you know, find people who'd be supportive of you and, and, you know, make, make time to pole dance if it's what makes you happy. Love it. Awesome. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been so fun talking with you. Yes. Thank you. This was such an honor. I really appreciate it. You're so sweet. Anytime, darling. Bye, hon. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.